Good morning, both those of you that are online and those of you that are on campus. We are so glad you're here. Merry Christmas Eve. I have a tradition with my brother that I call him. Uh, I call him yesterday. I call him every year on Christmas, what I call Merry Christmas Eve Eve. And uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, he's, he's starting to prepare for it and get ready for it. But things get so busy. He's a pastor. I'm a pastor. We get so busy that uh, that is a good time for us to talk through and think through uh, greeting one another and what's going on in family and kind of catching up. So Merry Christmas Eve Eve was yesterday. Today is Merry Christmas Eve. And we're so glad you're here. You know, I was thinking that I don't talk much about, and usually on Christmas Eve, abbreviated comments again today. Uh, that will be the case. We have so much that goes on at Christmas Eve. I want to give a big shout out to uh, the Chef Boys, man. You guys were fantastic. If you were not here early, you missed it. They were just awesome. And uh, we thank you so much for participating in this uh, service. Our candle lighting, the Christ candle, the last candle that was lit uh, tonight. And of course, candles all across. This is done. have to shout out to Michelle and her team who helped to do all the decoration here. It's just looked fantastic all Christmas, hasn't it? And tonight is no exception. So abbreviated comments again tonight on what we're going to talk about. But I, I, it occurred to me that I really have not often talked about Christmas Eve. We talk a lot about Christmas, but what is the significance of Christmas Eve? And I really believe God has something to say to us through his word tonight about this night right now, this moment that you and I are together. I want to read a passage of scripture out of Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. And if you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along with me, or you can follow along. They'll have it behind me here. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 4. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's uh, ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And I'm asking God that there are those here for whatever reason we may have mentally, we may have pressed pause in terms of our spiritual growth and development, that tonight you're going to speak to us about the significance of this night, but the significance of moving tomorrow as well. We're going to be careful to give you the praise and the glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. You know, on our drive over, uh, we're excited about uh, coming here tonight, and I, I glanced across uh, the room just before we left the house, and there were so many presents, uh, you know, under the tree, you know, we have the kids coming over, and so there's for all the kids and all the grandkids and all this kind of stuff, not that there's a whole lot for Michelle and I, but there are a lot of gifts all around, and it reminded me of that favorite song that all of us love to sing this time of year. 
It's beginning to cost a lot like Christmas. How many of you are familiar with that song? It's, uh, it's beginning to cost a lot like Christmas. We can look across the room and realize we have spent a lot of money. Uh, but we've been, we're investing in relationships. Uh, these these uh, well-thought uh, gifts that many of you are passing on tomorrow, thinking about the individual, the person, and what they might need, and how you can express your love. Not that we necessarily have to do it through a gift, but we're blessed to be able to, and that's, uh, it's a wonderful season for us to be able to do that. You know, it's very easy for us to lose sight of the significance of the holy day we celebrate tonight. And it is the eve in which God clothed himself in flesh so that he could dwell among us. I think sometimes we bypass this night too quickly without really realizing the full significance of what led up to it and then what took place in it and then what it meant going forward. But whatever your circumstances may be in this moment, whether your, you know, your attention is captivated by what all is going on around you, parades and uh, pictures with Santa and the tree and the decorations or whatever might be consuming your resources or your energy, Christmas Eve for all of us should mean one thing very important, and that is that everything is possible. Christmas Eve sets the this, this scene for you and I that everything is possible, that hope can be born, peace can be born, that love can be born, that all of the things that you and I might desire but think impossible are suddenly possible on Christmas Eve. For you see, it was on Christmas Eve that birth pains that would bring forth hope began. It was on Christmas Eve that mothers travail in labor and began a journey of salvation for all of mankind. It was on Christmas Eve that a manger was being prepared for a miracle. It was on Christmas Eve that a star guided. It was on Christmas Eve that angels sang. It was on Christmas Eve that a journey towards the Savior of all humanity began. It was on Christmas Eve that the attention of all of heaven was suddenly focused on a small village in Bethlehem, about a hundred people. The significance of thinking about that and reminded in Scripture that God has His eye on us so much to the point that He knows every hair on our head. These days in my life, it's easier for God to keep that number. But there was a time <laughs> when I was younger and I had an afro and it was a difficult challenge. But the fact that God kept track of it shows us that heaven's attention has been focused on not only earth, but on you as an individual. It was on Christmas Eve that an ordinary couple prepares to become parents of an extraordinary child. What thoughts must have passed through their mind in the moments before the birth of Christ that they're going to become a parent for the first time. I remember becoming a parent for the first time and, you know, I was, I, I was ill-equipped and I felt like I, you know, am I going to be able to do this? And, you know, what, what, is, what is my life going to look like? What's going to change for us, you know? And it all happens just immediately, doesn't it? 
You know, there's, there's so many changes. You're not welcome to go to movies anymore. How many of you remember that? You got a newborn baby and you're just, you know, nobody wants that baby cry. They don't like you on airplanes anymore. Um, you know, we would go out to eat and they would, they would seat us far away from people. You know, I remember one time we were in a real fancy restaurant. We were in California and we had Micah and, and she was real little and they spotted that. And so the host seated us next to the kitchen. We were a good five miles from another human being. And the doors are flapping. And she really was very good. She didn't cry. And, uh, but your life changes dramatically. And so what must have been passing through Mary and Joseph's mind is they thought, you know, we don't really even know how to be a couple. What is it going to be like now to be a parent, to be a dad, to be a mom? It was on Christmas Eve that God made room for himself among mankind. You know, they were going up and down the streets trying to find a place, you know, where they could, could uh, lodge. And uh, Mary is about to give birth and no one was opening the door, so God made a place for himself to be born. God so loved you that he made room on the planet for himself so that he could be your savior. He loves you that much. Christmas Eve is symbolic, though, for us and I think we need to think through this, of a temporary home for the expectant. Christmas Eve is a temporary home for the expectant. The problem is, though, for most of us, that when we get to a comfortable place of some kind, and we arrive there, it becomes a permanent home for us. And so that's often why God doesn't give us the, 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 the hotel uh, you know, the comfort suites or whatever you might want, the Marriott uh, in, 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 in these seasons, in this Christmas Eve of our life. Because if we're outside and we're, we just have a manger to put the baby in, we're more likely to get up and move the next day, right? We're more likely to look for something more than what we're experiencing. But Christmas Eve is important. It is just a home, though, for the expectant. And when we give birth to what God has planned for us, we are not supposed to live in Christmas Eve anymore. We're pregnant with the promise of God, but sometimes unwilling to give birth. I was reminded of a humorous, true-to-life story that Michelle and I experienced at the birth of our second child, Amanda. She was born in Phoenix Baptist Hospital. And we had arrived, and they had given us the room, and uh, they were starting to connect her for blood pressure checks and all kinds of things, you know, were going on in the room. And we saw a, a young lady uh, coming in, very pregnant and uh, in a lot of pain, and she was probably no older than 16 or 17 years old, and she arrived uh, to give delivery of, of her baby. Now, her labor was moving much quicker than Michelle's was, and so they took her to the delivery room, but it was right next door to us, so we could easily hear what was going on in there, and we could hear her crying out in pain and, and travail, and we could hear the doctors and the nurses trying to give instructions, and, you know, and after about 20 minutes of this, you know, going on and people shouting and stuff like this, uh, the young lady boldly announced, I'm not doing this. I'm leaving. <laughs> and 
almost simultaneously, we heard the nurses kind of burst out in laughter. Now, they were not laughing at her and, and her pain and those kinds of things. All of us who've experienced this understand that we know that when it starts, you're not indigent. <laughs> you have to go all the way through the process. You can't just get up and grab your bags and go home and decide it's not going to happen. But how often is it that God has impregnated us with promise, with, the, with gifts, with things that he intends for us to bring forth, that we say, I'm not doing it anymore. Some kind of difficulty, some kind of trial, some kind of tragedy, uh, you know, just other things that are more interesting to us, that are sparkly, that are shiny, that look like they're more fascinating or more interesting. Another path or a group of people that seem like they have it all together. And so maybe we want to follow after them. And we decide we're going to live in Christmas Eve for the rest of our life. The Christmas Eve was never intended to be a permanent home. We cannot have a permanent expectancy. <laughs> you know, we are going to give birth, uh, and at some point that child is going to come out, and, and uh, the miracle of what God wants to happen through us, he, we cannot just hold and be pregnant with it forever. We will either abort what God has for our lives, or we will say, God, I trust you. I'm going to give birth to what you have called me to do and be. I thank God for Christmas Eve, but I thank God for Christmas Day. The promise that Jesus was, you know, was, was all realized on Christmas Day. The promise leading up to it by the prophets, you know, hundreds of years before Jesus was born. All of the expectancy, the nine months that Mary was carrying the child, and, and all of this leading up to Christmas Day. Because Mary didn't want to live in Christmas Eve forever. She recognized that she must give birth. And as, as fearful as it might have been, at the wonder of all the things that had happened, the angels that had appeared and spoke to both Joseph and to Mary and, and them having no idea what that really meant. You're going to have the Son of God. His name will be Emmanuel, God with us. God is coming to dwell among mankind. You will be the vessel by which that will happen. How many missionaries have sailed across the seas and landed somewhere where God has said, you're going to be me clothed in flesh to the Philippines. You're going to be me clothed in flesh to South Africans. You're going to be me clothed in flesh to Europeans who have grown cold and, and, and have decided that church is just for old people. You're going to be me. You're going to give birth to the promise that I have for your life. I can't help but feel that in this room and also watching online are people that are filled with promise. And God is saying to you not to stay pregnant. Don't make Christmas Eve your permanent home. Where there is a Christmas day for all of us. Where God's promise can be born through us, can happen through us in such a way that it not only changes us, but it transforms the world around us. So what if we pursue a life that we gain what everyone else in the world thinks is the things you should have. A legacy, a, a name written in, in magazines about your fame and, 
and your intellect and, and, and uh, that your wealth will grow exponentially to where you don't have to worry about where money comes from. You're thinking more along the lines of, I have a bunch and I can give it away. But what if that really happens? But we don't really have or give birth to the purpose for which we were called. Don't stay pregnant forever. Give birth to the promise of God so that the world around you will have the opportunity for life change.